0: Welcome back to Festival Radio. I'm Martin Bamford, and I'm joined now by Alistair Cunningham from Wingate Financial Planning. Alistair is fresh off the stage where he's been talking about that hot subject of defined benefit pension transfers and things like that. So tell us a bit about your talk. What what did you cover? What was the subject?
1: Um, So I was talking about defined benefit transfers, or more accurately, um, the way that we as a firm have uh, decided to um, educate, and and really from an internal perspective, point of view screen uh, clients that we think we can add value to
0: okay so obviously uh, lots of advisors right now are quite scared of getting involved in defined benefit transfers what are some of the risks out there what are, what are people oh. there to be worried about myriad it, risks it, it's massive
1: I mean um, if this isn't the biggest mis-selling um, situation for 30 years I'll be very surprised um, I see it 38,000 people in the uh, tatter slash British Steel pension scheme, um, are looking to transfer out. Uh, average transfer value, I think, is up between three and £400,000. And I gather anecdotally there are, putting it bluntly, vultures circling uh, each of these uh, steel factories looking for money to come in. Now, mm. given that the FCA's view is that most people shouldn't transfer, um, and even understanding the uncertainty around Tata, I can't see that that, can be in the yeah, majority's best interest. Then you've got events like high profile closures to new business, um, people who have voluntarily given up their um, permission to give advice on safeguarded benefits. Well, you wouldn't do that if you were confident that you're doing everything right. So, yeah, in the back of that, you've got the 88 files the FCA checked, and half were mm. not clearly suitable.
0: So, wh- where does that leave us on the basis that demand for advice on this area seems to be continuing, even rising at the moment? lots of advisors still out there giving advice and giving lots of advice on this subject where are we in say five years time once once that sort of all comes out in the wash
1: um it's problematic i, I don't have any clear answers uh but i'm, I'm trying to minimize my firm's exposure to it and at the same time uh when you look at people like the tatter Steel, uh, i'm trying to actually add a positive influence um there will clearly be a high number of very high-profile failures of mm. firms that have given advice uh, in a less-than-perfect way. Um, yeah, People doing thousands of transactions a year who will end up paying out a lot of money, and probably the firms will fail and end up falling on other firms to cover by FSCS or something like that. Accepting that most people listening to this podcast will not be in that category, um, I still think there are a number of people... Who are um, giving advice to transfer, a number of individuals receiving advice to transfer where the advice is suboptimal. Mm. Uh, I hear people talking about, I spoke to a lady last week who had ha- received advice, was after a second opinion, because in her words, um, the advisor had worked out that if they transferred, she wouldn't run out of money by the age of 102. Now, my argument to her was that's not a reason to transfer. Mm. Um, ostensibly single lady, no dependents the only reason she seemed to be transferring was because she wanted to access her funds three years earlier and I said well you've got an AVC, cash it in Mm. uh, over the next three years that's a minimal risk way of achieving your objectives, why would you want to transfer out? And I I imagine it's far easier and far more tempting for firms to say we'll sign off a transfer because they see the dollar signs with the, um, the transfer value than it is to say there are other ways to achieve your objectives.
0: So what steps can firms put in place to minimise the risks when they get involved with this type of business to ensure their advice is suitable?
1: Um, once you get to advice stage, um, in my view, it's arguably too late because effectively the whole point of the screening process is to turn away people where uh, you don't think you can add value. Mm. Um, so the lady that can cash her AVC in Uh, It funds three years of expenditure and then take her DB scheme in the ordinary way. um, That would be one that we turn away. As to giving compliant advice, well, um, I think the key thing that I didn't actually mention in major detail in my presentation was it's all about needs versus objectives. So her objective might be uh, to get access to a pension fund three years earlier, but her need is a long-term income that by her definition covers about 42 grand a year of expense. Yeah. So the fact that the final salary scheme does um, well, 30 of that 42,000 in a r- virtually risk-free way, why would you want to transfer out to um, <coughs> potentially, um, well, I, I can't see any good outcome from transferring out in this no. situation. No.
0: Is there anything else you want to cover off that you know p- went down particularly well in the talk? Uh, you think is important? I
1: well, I, th- I think one of the key things was it was a fairly uh, marmite presentation. The topic is not black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking a very whiter than white view, but I do accept the fact that um, yeah, that th- there are shades of the dark grey. You know, the people that are transferring out of like tatter scheme because. Um, they just want to divorce themselves, the individual transferring wants to divorce themselves. And we're probably on the very white side where we are turning people away that Mm -hmm. probably would benefit from a final salary transfer. But it's not a clear cut situation. And because of the nature of the advice, if you do 20 cases, 19 are perfect and one is flawed, Mm -hmm. the one that's flawed blows the other 19 out of the water. And that's really our view in terms of minimising the risk.
0: Alistair, thank you for joining us on Festival Radio. Where can people find you online on Twitter and that sort of thing?
1: Uh, Twitter is always the best and most interesting way of following me, Cunningham underscore UK. Uh, We have a website um, which is more targeted at clients, so I would say follow me on Twitter and by all means drop me a line.